Thank you. Well, this evening we are at the end of our 24-hour journey to the cross. We come to the last hour, and uh, we are still in Jerusalem, maybe outside the city, in a place called Golgotha. It's right there, not far from the temple, not far from the city wall. And Jesus is on the cross for the past six hours. He was hanging on the cross. The last three hours was darkness. And in the middle of that darkness, Jesus approaches his death and he finishes his mission saying, It is finished. Salvation is finished. And Matthew picks the story right there with these words. And when, he, when Jesus has cried out, again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. It is that central line that we look at. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. To better understand this text in Matthew, I think it's helpful for us just to travel back in Genesis and remember the fall into sin of Adam and the disobedience of Eve. You see, by the fall into sin, Adam and Eve created a gap of separation. They put a distance between humanity and God. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews that without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Immediately after the fall into sin, God comes to, comes to Adam and says, Adam, where are you? Adam, I feel a distance between us. Where are you? And I think it's good for us to think that somehow we chose God, that our salvation is because we decided, that we made our profession of faith in God, that we kind of accepted Him, we invited Him in our lives. But you see, from the beginning, from the first couple, it is salvation by God's grace alone. He is looking for Adam before he even knew how lost, how far, how distant, how big of a gap is the separation between God and man. And then God starts to teach Adam a few things about his sin issue. You see, if you think today, our biggest problem as humanity, some people will say it's just environment, global warming. 
Others will say it's overpopulation, the destruction of the earth through crops, or poverty, violence, discrimination. But you see, our basic, the most important problem of all of us is going way, way deeper than this. It goes to the core of who we are, and it is called sin. And without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. This broken relationship with God is not rectified by us by saying, I'm going to do good works from now on. I'm just going to treat, to treat everybody nice. I'm going to come to church to be generous with the offering. I'm just going to love people. I'm going to serve the poor and the needy. These are all nice things that we should do and we can do as Christians or as people. But none of these things is going to earn us our salvation. Because without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You see, our society today, we are grateful for many things, thankful for things that we can touch and see, right? We love our homes, our cars, our kids and family, parents. We love our health, our jobs. But all of these things that we are thankful for can be so easily taken away from us. The children can disobey and rebel. The parents can fight and create hell. The cars can break. The homes we can lose. And in the blink of the eye, we can lose our jobs and our health. So, although we are thankful for these things, I think that the thing that we should all be most thankful for is the fact that in Jesus Christ, there is in his salvation something that nobody can lose once you have it. And that is the washing of his blood, the forgiveness of sins in his blood. And that's what we are going to look later today, to partake. There's nothing that we should be thankful more for than for this opportunity. You see, um, immediately after Adam, they have two kids. That they start to learn that there is a distance between us and God. And Cain and Abel, they come and they learn that to come back to God, they need to sacrifice. And Abel is the one that understands that without the shedding of, of the blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So he brings the blood of the Lamb. And immediately in the same story, you remember how it ends. And it's not the blood of the Lamb only. Because Cain, God says, your blood is crying out to me. It's a human blood that the the Lamb signified. And this points us to what later John the Baptist will say, looking at Christ. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away. The sin of the world. And that's what's happening now in the temple. 
You see, the temple was the key, the central piece in the Jewish religion. It was a huge building. But inside that building, God was living. It was His presence there. And He was separated from all of the other rooms in the temple by this big, big curtain or veil. You see how little people are, even inside in the holy, in the two chambers of the temple. And the Holy of Holies is even way separated by a big curtain. The curtain was at least 30 feet wide, 60 feet long, and it was about four inches thick. To clean it every year before the Day of Atonement, they needed about 300 priests to handle it. It was so heavy and so strong that they said that even two horses, if you were trying to pull, make it pull on both sides, no two horses were able to break it. It was four inches thick. It was like a wall that separated us from God. It reminded us what we did in Adam and Eve and what we did since then, after them. It was somebody said, just like going in an airplane, if you travel like me, Economy, you know, you remember there's a wall, right? The first class is kind of separated. Now the high priest had access to that. He kind of had a first class ticket, you know. And only the high priest, and only once a year, he was allowed to pull the curtain away. You see, this is the high priest who once a year had to clean himself and to go into the Holy of Holies. He had to leave his clothes and take white linen clothes because he had to sacrifice and come with blood for his own sins and his family and then for the sins of the nation. And you remember they had those uh, pomegranates and bells to know if he's still there, if he was not killed by God's holiness. And then when he will go in, people say that they will tie a robe on his on his ankle, so that if he died because he was too sinful to be received in God's presence, then they will just pull him out. But today, we are reminded that on the cross, Jesus fulfills all of these sacrifices. He brings that gap of separation between us and God. He brings that that back to unity. He says, you are not anymore separated because I am the high priest. And I as a high priest enter. And look what Hebrews says. Unlike, Unlike the other high priest, he, which is Jesus, does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. First for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all. One, he offered himself. Finally, in Christ Jesus on the cross, we not only have the high priest going into the presence of God, but also the high priest who is also the Lamb of God. He is coming with his own blood and obtains our atonement. When he dies on the cross, he invites all of us into God's presence. It's like having a cell phone that you can use to call your wife any time of the day, 24 hours. 
You don't need to wait for that. You just use the cell phone and say, hey, honey, how are you? And God says, in Christ Jesus, we have the same access to God. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, through his body that was torn on that cross. Therefore, come, come to his presence. Enter into his presence. Come to me, he says, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come, he says. You are invited. You have access. You can come to the blood, and you can come to the broken body. And that's what our invitation is tonight, to trust him, that there is no more separation, that the two parts who were at a big, big distance are brought together in Christ. Come to him tonight. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for Jesus Christ, for the way that he opened for us through this torn curtain, access to our Father in heaven. What a wonderful celebration of our dilemma. We thank you that you took our sin and that you took care of it on the cross and that we can, in you, have fellowship with the Father through the power of the Spirit. And we thank you for this access for the holy place where we can come, for the table that is set before us and for your invitation to come and partake and have fellowship. And that's what we are going to do. In your name we pray. Amen.